something in this beautiful, great big world that you don't have. We've all been there. We are all there. That is a part of life. But something that is holding you back that you don't know is holding you back is discovered in this exercise I'm going to have you do right here, right now. So I want you to think of a dream of yours. Go big. Don't go small. Go big. Think of a dream you have. I'm going to say my dream is, I mean, this is so not in alignment with me, but I'm just giving an example. Say I have a dream of making a million dollars a year. So my, my goal, my dream is a million dollars a year. Next, you're going to say, I deserve, and then state your dream. I deserve blank. How does that feel? How does that feel in your body? Are, are there any voices in your body? What is your body's response to you saying those words? What happened when you said those words? Say them again if you have to. Listen, pay attention, feel your body's response when you say, I deserve blank. Do you feel something in your gut? Do you hear a voice in your head? What is that voice? What is that feeling? So there is no right or wrong, but I'm going to say the most common response is a voice in your head that says, no, you don't. You're not special. Why, why would you deserve that? This voice, no matter how loud or quiet, is running your show. This voice is running your life. This is the voice of the subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is the mind that was molded and created between the ages of zero and seven. It's whatever your parents taught you. It's whatever your society taught you. It's whatever you saw, whatever you witnessed. It all became your internal belief system about you and the world. So at some point in childhood, we learned we don't deserve good things. Or we learned we're not good enough to be worthy enough to attract our dreams. There's a lot of scripts that are so individualized for each person. There's probably not one script that's the same in everyone. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> the fact that we don't deserve our dreams is the biggest script that we all have. Which is why we all are sitting here dealing with the same problem. The problem that there's this feeling inside of us, there's this whisper, there's this voice inside of us that says, no, you don't deserve that good thing. The voice of our subconscious mind is the key to unlocking everything. This is our internal belief system. This is, this is the truth of what we really feel about ourselves and the world. I love this exercise that I just had you do because it shows the difference between the conscious mind, which is our thinking brain, it's our logic, it's our thinking, our, our mind looping, our thoughts looping, it's logical, it's math, mathematical problems. That had no problem saying the words like a robot, blah, 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 I deserve blank. The conscious mind 
is like a robot. It is logic. It is not feeling. Our feeling body is our subconscious mind. This is where our truths are uncovered. I'm going to share two stories that I think really showcase the difference between the conscious and subconscious mind. So my dad died when I was about 12. I forget. I forget years and I forget ages and everything. But he died around 12. And very quickly, I felt like I found God through that experience. I felt like I fell in love with God. I felt like I was blessed by God. I felt all these miracles and blessings after my dad died. It's, I don't know, it's it's hard to even, it's hard to explain that. It's a feeling within me. But for a decade, I had no problem with God. I felt blessed by God. I said I loved God immensely. And then there was one night when I was in Guatemala for this spiritual retreat. And we were staying a retreat on Lake Atitlan. And I had this hut up high on this ridge that it was like 100 or 200 steps into the woods. I'm, I'm not kidding. It was a very, very, very long trek into the woods to get to this hut. And I was staying in this hut alone by myself. Everyone else was right on the shore and they were, had a hut on the water. And because I was like the youngest of the group, I could take all these steps. I had the you know physical tenacity to make this trek to this hut. But it was it was terrifying. It was one of the most terrifying oh, n- nights I've ever lived through. But I knew that was it was it was purpose. I, I knew it was full of purpose. I was taking these steps, and I hated every single minute. And yet, I knew there was purpose in it. So as I'm walking up these steps in the pitch black in the Guatemalan woods by myself, I witness myself saying like f you god i start cursing god i honestly don't remember the words but i remember cursing god saying f you god or something like that and then immediately there was this reaction within my body that said you cannot say that to god take that back you cannot say that to god because what will happen That was one of the most enlightening moments of my entire life because it was a moment that I heard and I understood my subconscious mind. This voice in my body that said, you can't say that to God because what's going to happen felt very familiar because I was raised in a deeply religious upbringing in which my experience was God was scary. God was very scary. You... You have to be nice to God. You have to be loving to God. So basically, I think I learned to hide my real feelings from God in fear of punishment because he's a punishing God and he's a he. I don't like that, but that's what my little mind concluded from religion is that, you know, it's a he and he's scary and he's punishing. Yeah, he loves you, but you cannot be authentic with him. You cannot be truthful to him because of his wrath. So I learned to be fake with God. I was very fake. I never told God how taking my dad away felt towards me. I I never told God how that felt. I immediately went to 
oh, look, all these blessings are happening. All this good things is happening. Okay, it must be for a reason. And I put a band-aid on my true grief, on my true anger, on my, on my sadness. On, I put a band-aid on all of that shit. Until this moment in the Guatemalan woods that I realized I have never been honest with God because I was terrified of being honest. But this is the voice of my subconscious mind because my subconscious mind soaked in everything it saw and heard in childhood. And in childhood, I got the message that God was scary and you got to be afraid of what he might do. If you think something, if you do something, so hide yourself. Yet he sees everything, yet hide yourself. I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but this is what I concluded as a child. And now as a female adult, I'm still operating from that place. All of these beliefs about God from religion are operating and creating my current reality. This is the subconscious mind. Even though for 10 years, I walked around saying, I love God, I love God. That's the conscious mind. That is the thinking mind. That is not the feeling mind. That is, that is just saying words and not paying attention to the feeling inside your body. The feeling inside your body is the truth of your operating system. So that moment in the woods was a moment that I listened to the truth of my operating system, which was hide from God and don't be honest because he might punish you. So I went to bed. It was still a really hard night because I was all alone and they had these windows in the hut that looked out to these woods and I just kept thinking of these horror films and it was just, it was hard. Anyways, I woke up the next day and I was able to take out my notebook and write, Dear God, I hate you. I can't believe you took my dad from me. I can't believe you left me an orphan because my mom wasn't there for me then. She was in her grief. She emotionally abandoned me. My dad physically abandoned me and then my mom emotionally abandoned me. I was orphaned at the age of 12 and I am not okay with that. And I hate you for that. So that was the first time I was ever honest with God in my life because up until that point, I didn't know my subconscious mind belief system was terrified of me being honest with God. It took 25 years to uncover this belief system, which all came from listening to the voice within my body, which is the practice I just had you guys do with your dreams. That's a practice to listen to the subconscious voice in your body. That's the only way we will be clued in, tapped in to the actual operating system that is running our life, that is running our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, our reactions. 
So my second story to showcase the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is a few years ago, I had a thought, hmm, I want to drink up alcohol. Then I thought, I like alcohol. And then I kept thinking thoughts along that line, like, I like the way alcohol feels. And all of these thoughts were so earth-shattering abnormal for me because I was raised in a very anti-alcohol family and religion and community where what I concluded as a child was even in the communion at church, they don't offer wine because they don't want an alcoholic to relapse. So I always concluded that one sip will turn you into an alcoholic. That's, that's the fear that I was taught from this mindset of alcohol. So here I am as an adult saying, I want some alcohol. Hmm, I like alcohol. I like the way it makes me feel. I, I, was, I was shook by these thoughts because I never thought I would ever think these thoughts. And I knew even saying this right here, right now, I'm going to be judged for these, for these words because it's so looked, looked down upon. But I really enjoyed this thought stream of I like alcohol and I like how it makes me feel because I didn't think that I could drink it and not be addicted and have such a healthy relationship with it. it I never thought that was possible because my childhood didn't show me that was possible. So I was just like, wow, this is so cool. This is so amazing. I'm so proud of myself. I loved, I loved that moment. But then like fast forward, it was only a few days or a week when I went to my woo-woo Kairos, what I call him, because he addresses the emotional pain in your body that is causing a physical pain. So I go to this woo-woo chiropractor that I love so much. And today on this day, I was like, just have my body tell you what it wants to work on. Because sometimes I just leave it up to my body to tell him what's going on. So he tests my body in this muscle testing way that he does. And my body tells him alcoholism. He says, do you have anyone in your family with alcoholism? You know, why is this script coming up in your body? And my mind's blank, actually. Like, I'm like, I don't know anyone with alcoholism personally. It's not something that runs in my family. And he's like, well, what's your childhood beliefs about alcoholism? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm like, you wouldn't even believe what was happening to me a few days ago. I told him nothing. I told my chiropractor nothing. And then when he brought up alcoholism, I said, just a few days ago, I was consciously thinking, I like alcohol. And I was so proud of myself to be thinking this. And then he reminds me, he's like, but clearly your subconscious mind, your operating system of beliefs is saying a completely different story. My subconscious mind is still running the belief system that alcohol is scary, that alcohol is bad, that one sip could turn you into an addict for a lifetime. So even though my thinking mind was like, I like alcohol, my body, my feeling system, my subconscious mind, my belief system was still operating out of, I am terrified of alcohol. I'm saying this story because this 
so clearly showcases how we could be going about our lives like, I think this, I think that. But no, your subconscious mind is running the show and it believes a whole entirely different story than what your mind is telling you. So if we're ready for radical change in our life, we need to tap into this subconscious mind, this subconscious belief system that is our operating system in our body. This is where the keys to unlock every limiting belief, everything that's holding us back, this is where we find it. So the first step to loving ourselves, to manifesting our dreams, is to uncover what this story in our subconscious mind tells us. We can't change it if we don't know it. So we need to start listening to the whisper in our head, the feeling in our gut. These are communication tactics from our body. This is trying to communicate to us what is holding us back. We need to start listening. I remember one time, so sometimes my, my voice comes in when I'm thought looping, which is when I'm just like, you know, this voice in your head just keeps talking, talking, talking. And, and when I can witness it, I hear my subconscious mind pipe up. Like one time I was telling myself, you are so freaking powerful. And then this voice in my body and my mind said, that's the problem. And I'm like, what? How? How is the power within me a problem? And it's because then I have to take responsibility for everything in my life. And I don't want to. I want to blame people. I don't, if I'm all powerful and I co-create every single situation in my life, that means I have to take radical responsibility for everything in my life. And that's a problem. That was a problem to my subconscious mind because it, it doesn't want to take responsibility. It wants to blame. Being a witness to the voices inside your mind, inside your body is like a comedy show. It's a reality show. It will keep you entertained for the rest of your life. But if you're here because you are seeking change, we have to start implementing practices that can start to rewire this computer programming inside of our bodies that we don't want anymore. There are practices that we can start this process. But first, I have to address the difference between the whisper of intuition and the whisper of your subconscious mind. The easiest way to explain the difference is that your subconscious mind, your belief system within you, is always speaking out of fear. And the whisper of your intuition or the feeling in your gut that is intuition, it is always coming from a place of love, empowerment, trust. So for me personally, my intuition whispers once and only once. It comes around once and if I miss it, I go into my head, I go into my thinking brain. The whisper of my subconscious mind pipes up here or there. It's very random, but it happens a lot more common. Like it happens every day. You know, like there's something I'm afraid to do every day. There's something I'm afraid of every day. So my subconscious mind is much more present than my intuition. I will definitely do an entire episode dedicated to 
am I feeling my intuition or am I feeling my fear? Because that is the hardest question. But I just had to clarify that, yes, sometimes our intuition is a whisper and sometimes our subconscious mind is a whisper. But whether it's a message of fear or message of love is the difference. And that is so important. Back to step one of the practice we need to start doing is witnessing how you talk to yourself. Most of us don't have a loving internal voice towards ourselves. So we need to start noticing what that voice is so that we can recalibrate it and change that voice. One of my favorite practices to do is to get a picture of like a five-year-old little me. Take that picture out, put it on your desk, in your journal, on your bathroom mirror, and look into her eyes and talk to her. Tell her everything you wish someone told you when you were five years old. Talk to her. Apologize to her. Tell her how much you love her. And listen to the compassionate voice you instantly gain when you're talking to the five-year-old little you. Then compare that compassionate voice to the harshness you bring to your adult self. Why did that change? Why are we so compassionate to a little child and then have no compassion to an adult? We are judgmental to adults. We honestly need to start talking to ourselves like we are a five-year-old child because we are still that child. I believe the purpose of babies, puppies, kittens is to show us the feeling of unconditional love we have for them. Like we don't judge a puppy, we don't judge a kitten, we don't we don't judge a cute little 6-month-old baby. So if we know how that feels, then we can redirect it to ourselves. One of the most impactful dreams I've ever had in my whole life was many years ago, I had a dream of I don't have children, but I had a dream of my first baby. And we were sitting, I was holding the baby in my lap. And I was just staring at the baby's face. And I was saying, you are so beautiful. And then the baby said back to me, you are so beautiful. Then I would say, oh my gosh, you're such a miracle. Oh my gosh, you're a miracle. And then the baby would say back to me, you are a miracle. This baby was showing me that I am no different than this baby. We put babies and children on this pedestal of, you deserve the world. You can go and have whatever you want in this world. And I love you no matter what. And then when it comes to us, we don't believe that about ourselves. So my journey from this one dream where this baby was showing me that I am all the things I think about this baby, I, I am the same miracle that this baby is. I am someone's baby. Imagine my mom knew the inner voice within my head. If you're a parent, imagine your child treating themselves the way you treat you. Why does this pattern keep happening? You birth a child and you say, you are such a miracle. You are so perfect. You can be, do, have anything you want in this world. And then the baby grows up not believing that not having self-love, self-worth, having the worst inner critic. And then they have a baby and say, you are so perfect. 
I love you so much. You can have the whole world. This cycle needs to stop and it can stop with you. I actually think the love test, because I think it's easy to love children. It's easy to love God. It's easy to love Jesus. He was so perfect. I think the ultimate test of love is seeing yourself the way God sees you. That is the ultimate test. If you believe you are a child of God, of the creator of the divine, how do you think the creator wants us to speak about ourselves? Self-hatred, self-loathing, that is disrespecting the power that perfectly created our unique selves. I truly believe that honoring the divine, the creator, is by loving all of the divine's creations, and that includes you. My favorite, Wayne Dyer, he was like the first person that really opened my eyes to all of this stuff like 15 years ago. He always said this quote that says, an apple split into a million pieces is still an apple. We were created from the divine creator, so we cannot be different than that which we come from. We are made by God, and we have God within every single one of us. My homework for you is to start practicing closing your eyes and picturing your five-year-old self or your whatever age you want and talk to her. Tell her anything you want to tell her. Apologize. Or get a picture and look at that picture and talk to her and start harnessing that compassionate voice. I think our perspective of self-love is super important. I once saw a quote that says, self-love is not a destination. It is a journey, which means every day we're just going to get a little better and there's never going to be this day where everything feels different and you just, boom, love yourself. I don't think that day happens. I think it's a baby step progression and doing these tools and these practices I recently did a hypnotherapy session so that I could re-script my subconscious mind. And that's a tool available to us as well. Hypnotherapy, it basically puts your brain into these different wavelengths. So then you can literally change the computer software in your brain. It's an amazing tool. Maybe I'll do a podcast episode on my hypnotherapy experience later on. But hypnotherapy is another tool in the toolkit available to you. So just remember, this road to self-love and the re-scripting of your inner voice, it is not short and easy. Like in this instant gratification world, we think everything will happen overnight. For how many years have you had an inner critic? For me, maybe at least 20 years. I've had 20 years of practice being hard on myself. So if this self-loathing, self-hate, inner criticism isn't working, let's try something new. It is time to try a new route. So before I end this podcast, I am going to reiterate that you deserve everything you want and desire just because you are born and just because you are an aspect of the divine. We do not need to prove ourselves. We don't need to go out into the world and show everyone why we deserve these good things and prove our goodness. That is not true. Because if you have a baby and they're in front of you, you would automatically tell them 
you deserve anything you want just because of who you are. You deserve just because you're born. If we believe this about our babies, what, what makes us believe that we're different? We all come from the same creator. Once we start working on the root of believing we deserve, that is when we start getting everything we want in the universe. But that does not mean we get all of our manifestations at the same moment. My favorite Abraham Hicks quote is that, do you want to wake up in the morning and eat all three of your meals at breakfast? Would you enjoy that? No. You want to eat each meal perfectly spaced apart so then you can fully enjoy it. The same with our manifestations. We can't enjoy it all if it all came at once. It all comes in perfect timing because that's how we can enjoy it. It is so perfect. Everything is perfect.